Okay, everybody, we have another edition, another uh, cross post game uh, podcast. This is Jason Jones. Eric Name of Here the Deer, Milwaukee Bucks writer here at The Athletic. Yeah, like I said, Jason Jones, this is post 82 from the throne room breakdown in the Sacramento Kings. Kings hosted the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. They lose 127 106. Not exactly a surprising result given the Kings are down three of their main guys and. The Bucks are really good. You add that all together. I can't really be surprised by how things went. Uh, the Kings are a little miffed right now. They only took t- 10 free throws. The Bucks took 30. And the reason why they're so confused right now is because they actually outscored the Bucks 64-54 in the paint. And generally, you get in the paint that much, you shoot more than 10 free throws. So we got a bunch of guys in the Kings locker room trying not to get fined right now. Yeah, I, it was. It's weird to see a team beat the Bucks in points in the paint. Like that's just not how it works. And tonight it adds up because Giannis had a season low, thirteen points. Uh, we're still trying to figure out who the Giannis stopper is on the Kings. I mean, maybe we can figure that out. But he just he hasn't looked like himself this entire road trip. Uh, he had two games that were below par for him uh, before that this one and then this one he just didn't look like himself there's multiple times he went up for rebounds couldn't come down with it just wasn't really the four I mean you're looking at like a missed dunk like there was just a bunch of stuff that he doesn't normally do like he, he doesn't look like that he looks like a guy that's going to finish through contact do all those things and it just wasn't there for him tonight. So he ends the night with 13 points, 10 rebounds, uh, five assists, only on four of nine shooting. And Bud, after the game, keeps saying that, you know, that this is just normal January wear and tear. Uh, Giannis didn't speak to the media tonight for the first time the entire season. Uh, so, he, again, is there something more there? Maybe. Is he going to play tomorrow night in Portland? Probably not. If I had a guess, like you give him the night off against Portland, uh, you give him the night on off on Tuesday against the Knicks, you can give him essentially Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday uh, until mm-hmm. Thursday's game. So if you can get him five days, to me that feels like the play. But maybe the Bucks won't. Like this is their only trip to Portland. The NBA has placed uh, you know a heavy premium on playing those away games, uh, playing in, in cities. Mm-hmm. So maybe he d- he does end up playing, but. I think we're we're getting closer and closer to a spot where Giannis is gonna is gonna take some time here. Just cause he, he doesn't look like himself. Yeah, and I mean, all the years I've watched Giannis against the Kings, normally it's big numbers. And I mean, the Kings have put an emphasis on defense. But if you had told me that they'd hold Giannis, you know, a season low, just nine shots, the Kings probably, the Kings are thinking they're gonna win that game or have a much better chance. But they they kind of took the idea of we're gonna do throw all the bodies we can at Giannis, and essentially they committed three guys to him most of the night. And said, we'll, we'll live with the results of everyone else. And for them, that meant Bledsoe got off for 24, Middleton 27, um, uh, Dante, was it DiVincenzo? DiVincenzo, yeah. Yeah, DiVincenzo, That's a career high, yeah, 18 yeah. points. Yeah, and the Kings hadn't been giving up a lot of career high. They used to be the Kings MO, that <laughs> you played the Kings, someone on your team got a career high. Sure, sure, <laughs> right. So, right. I mean, you know, it was, eight, it was 18. It wasn't a crazy number, but. They pretty much went in thinking, you know what, if we can shut down Giannis or make it tough for him, we have a chance. And that's been their uh, kind of what they've done. They did it against Houston. They won that game because their whole thing was we're going to make life rough on James as much as possible. And if if Westbrook beats us, he beats us. It worked out there. It didn't work in Sacramento. But, you know, they did the same thing against uh, Dallas with Luka Doncic. They said we're going to commit to 
making life tough on him. If these other guys can beat us, we'll live with it. And they won that game too. So it's kind of what they do. They'll throw two or three guys at a star and just take their chances. But, I mean, they're down uh, Rashawn Holmes right now. They're down Bogdan Bogdanovich, and they're down Marvin Bagley. And over that three, I mean, Bagley's only played in nine games this year. So they're probably they're a lot more used to playing without him than with him at this point. And even if they have those three guys, this is a tough game for them to win. Yeah, and I mean for the for the Bucks, like this is this is one of those nights where it's a shame that this game is on a west Co- on the West Coast. It's a shame that this game's on a Friday night because every Bucks fan complains about Chris Middleton not being good enough. Every Bucks fan complains about Eric Bledsoe not being good <laughs> enough. And this is a night where Middleton shoots seventy five percent from the field, nine of twelve shooting, goes to the free throw line eleven times, hits eight of eleven. It goes for twenty seven points, eleven rebounds, four assists, two steals. Like he he killed it. Like he he was just un- yeah. he was unbelievable night. Every shot he took seemingly went in. Eric Bledsoe goes twenty four points on ten of seventeen shooting, five assists, four rebounds. Like those two dudes just said, All right, Giannis isn't feeling it tonight. We got it. Like this is one yeah. of those nights where we got it and that's always the complaint about the Bucks. You know, that their other guys aren't good enough. The, the, the supporting cast isn't good enough. It's Giannis and a bunch of dudes. And tonight, Middleton and Bledsoe didn't look like a bunch of dudes. Like, they looked like two of the guys that should be probably in an all-star conversation. I don't know if they will be. Uh, but if you're looking for a second all-star from the Bucks, those are your two guys. And mm-hmm. they looked every bit of it tonight. And, I, like, that that's just, I think – kind of quintessential Middleton that he somehow finds the night where no one's going to remember this game. Like, no. <laughs> first game of a back-to-back. Like, the Bucks could very easily lose in Portland tomorrow night. Like, it could be a spot where a second game of back-to-back, no Giannis, all of a sudden a bad shooting night and everyone is back to blaming Chris because that's just kind of how it goes. So it, I, this is just a perfect night for him. Like, this, this is quintessential Chris Middleton. And I, those two guys carried him. So – Good, yeah. to, good for those guys tonight, but we'll see how Bucks fans kind of end up taking up this whole weekend because they could very well lose tomorrow night. Yeah, and it's funny because it seems like against the Kings, at least, Bledsoe never has a bad game. No, no. <laughs> so it's like it's weird to hear the idea that people are complaining about him. I mean, it's like every time I see him in person, he looks good. You know, he looks good. And, and he he loves playing against Kentucky guys. Like if there's another Kentucky guy on the floor, he is – He's going to, uh, and again, it doesn't mean he's always going to play well, mm-hmm. but he's going to bring it that night. And I think just seeing De'Aaron Fox, like that, just brings out the best in him. Like he always hears, you know, about any young point guard. This guy's the the next big thing. This mm-hmm. guy's so great. And Eric Bledsoe, I think, oftentimes feels like I know I'm a little bit older, but like I, I can still hoop. Like, yeah. l- 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 give me a little bit of respect here. And I always feel like on those nights where he goes up against young point guard, he's out to prove like. Hey, I still got it. I can still play. And tonight was another one of those nights. Yeah, Eric should have a chip. People forget he came out. You know, he came out with John Wall. So it was all about John and Demarcus and that whole crew. And they all came out. And it was like, yeah, Bledsoe's not a bad player. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 100%. So uh, you know, I, I get that. And De'Aaron, you know, with 19 points, 10 assists, nine rebounds, he shot nine to 21. But his biggest gripe was the guy who drives to, to the lane. He only took four threes. He shot zero free throws. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's that's amazing. And I thought there was, I, mean, I can think of two or three players off the top of my head where I felt like, hey, he I put him on the line for that, and he just wasn't getting any calls. Yep. And 
they kind of get the idea they got to earn their respect. But, I mean, the guy goes to the paint that much, shoots 21 times. He got zero, zero free throws, a career high, not career high, season high in minutes. You play almost you play almost 39 minutes, and you shoot zero three uh, as a starting point guard. Yeah, that's pretty. That's almost impossible to do. With as much as he attacks too. Yeah, like he he goes to the rack a lot, and I, I'm thinking of the one where Brook Lopez tries to you know do verticality and yeah. just essentially discards him to the ground, and there was no call. Yeah, and I mean, so that's, I mean that's like I said, he did a good job of not getting himself fined. <laughs> I think Luke Walton really bit his tongue because he just said, you know, oh, well. Usually you get you you get into the paint, and take fifty one shots in the paint. <laughs> you shoot more than ten free throws. For sure. You know, yeah, they shot thirty five threes, but they took ninety six shots. So most of their shots weren't threes. Yep. So that was just you know, I mean, the way the Kings were breaking, they were like you know they they you know the Bucks made three more field goals, the same number of threes. They both made ten threes. Just the, those free throws, it was it's hard to overcome that. Yeah, I mean, you look at the free throw line, and then also the three point line. Like I thought. The Bucks said before the game, Bud said, you know, there's always, each night there's probably one guy we're really trying to look to change our coverage just slightly, be a little bit more aggressive, mm-hmm. see what we can do to keep him off the line. And he, before the game, he said, it's Buddy Heald. Like, mm-hmm. That's the guy that we want to do it to. And, I mean, Donna DiVincenzo had a career-high 18 points, but I, I thought the most notable thing was him on Buddy Heald. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was, yeah. And I think, I mean, Buddy shot 7 to 16, so he didn't shoot horribly, but just in terms of the season, that's probably about the best job I've seen a team do in terms of just frustrating him, making it tough on him. And what he said in the locker room was he said, he was like, oh, it's going to be like this all night. And they said, yeah, it's going to be like this all night. <laughs> and, you know, and he, he had some bad luck. He hit two threes in the first, I think it was the first quarter. Both of them got called, taken yep. away for offensive fouls. Yep. So that's six points, right? There. For sure. So he, he, should, he shot two of seven, but, you know, he, you know, he made two more that didn't count. And then like I said, they did a great job defensively. I know uh, Wes Matthews because uh, – he was on the King Summer League team in 2009, so he kind of got he got his pro start with Sacramento. But yeah. that team had a full roster of guaranteed deals and couldn't keep him. And the coach then, Paul Westfall, wanted to keep him. <laughs> he's he's had a career, man. Yeah, he, he has had a career. And I know talking with Dante a little bit after the game, he said, "I was just following Wesley's lead. Like I I, I for sure I, I followed Buddy Heald around. I made sure I had a lot of contests. Like I I was all over the place, but." I was following Wesley's lead. Like, Wesley made sure that mm-hmm. tonight we were going to set the tone against Buddy Heald and make sure he knew he wasn't getting an easy three. He was going to work for everything. And, I mean, I think to the Bucks' credit, like, they they truly did that. Like, yeah. Buddy, Buddy had to work for everything tonight. And, I mean, in the end, he goes two of seven from the three-point line. Uh, could have been four of nine, like yeah. you mentioned. Uh, but still, in the end, to go have him go two of seven, I thought was was just huge. And... So I, I think looking at the Bucks bench, Dante was huge, and then Sterling Brown. He has been out of the rotation now for going on a week. hasn't seen any time during the West Coast road trip, and mm. he didn't see any run the first half. Right. He came in in the third quarter, ends up playing 18 minutes, gets his first career double double, 11 points, 12 rebounds, three assists for him as well. He hits two huge corner threes where the Kings got it to. Uh, they took a lead, sixty-one, sixty. Was they, it? Yeah, they had, yeah, they had a, yeah, they got they, sixty-four, sixty-three as like, well. Yeah, so yeah, I they, think they took two leads, and those threes came during that run. Obviously, the Bucks closed out this game one twenty-seven, one hundred six. So uh, that's a sizable run to mm-hmm. finish it from sixty-one, sixty or sixty-four, sixty-three. And I mean, I just thought Sterling, in the same way that Wesley and Dante were kind of everywhere. 
Sterling was just all over the floor. Like he, he found a way to impact that game mm-hmm. defensively. Yeah, diving, you know, and like I said, uh, four, six turnovers from just from De'Aaron alone. And yeah, that would, buddy, you got nine turnovers from the starting backcourt. Yeah, it, it's rough. And I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Sterling because there's been a lot of times this season where he's gotten a chance, hasn't totally performed, and then he's been back out side of the rotation and that's tough when Pat Connaughton's playing well yeah. when Donna DiVincenzo's playing well when Wesley Matthews is playing as well as he has like that makes it really tough for you if you're the fourth guy in line and right now maybe this is his chance Pat Connaughton's been a little bit cold from the three-point line Dante DiVincenzo's been a little bit cold as well obviously Dante had the career high tonight so he should be okay but maybe this is one of those spots where all of a sudden Pat gets bumped out and Sterling goes back in Bud is okay with doing that Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the Kings, they you know it's hard to figure them out just because not having Bogdanovich such a big loss for them because he's pretty much their backup facilitator. Yep, he's their best three point shooter. He's a, generally a good decision maker as long as he doesn't go to what I call bad bogey where he tries to go ISO on guys and yeah. take guys off. To, as long as he's not doing that, he kind of helps organize them and they, and he's actually been better on defense this year. I mean, his thing is basically because they told him he had to do it. <laughs> Yeah. So he's been, you know, so not having him hurts. It means you got to play Trevor thirty plus minutes, which is not what they want to do. But when you're playing a team that has a Middleton and a Giannis and some bigger wings, the Kings don't have a lot of big wings. You know, they're pre- it pretty much comes down to Trevor and Harrison. And then Harrison limped off the court in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah I was gonna ask what's what's the yeah they, on they, they didn't have any update on him. You know, they said you know he's gonna get treatment and they'll see tomorrow. But still, I mean, you know, they they really can't afford to lose many more people. I was gonna, they're shorthanded. De'Aaron goes for 38 minutes tonight. What have they looked like since De'Aaron has kind of been back? I know he was out for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I know we talked a little before the game. Pace is back up. But just what have what are you seeing from this Kings team since he's been back? I mean, definitely the pace has picked up. And I think it's kind of helped set guys in order. Now Corey Joseph isn't playing 40 minutes a night. <sighs> because before, I mean, well, he was 2 or 7. But he's been making more shots, I think, because he has his legs back. Yeah. Because before, you know, they said on whenever they would practice, Corey just didn't practice because they had to play him so many minutes. If there was a time where he didn't have to do anything, it was like, Corey, you go sit down. You're not doing anything. Because, <laughs> I mean, they had him playing 40 minutes, and he was always defending the other team's best the perimeter player. And Corey's only about 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, that's, mean- that's a heavy load. And so, I mean, one night he's guarding LeBron. Another night he's guarding James Harden. Another night he's guarding Luca. And it's, I mean, these aren't none of these are easy, easy tasks. None of those are small dudes either. Yeah, exactly. And I just think he was kind of they were going to wear him out. So getting De'Aaron back helps him. It helps Buddy because Buddy had to handle the ball a lot more without him. So now Buddy can kind of get back and slide back to trying to catch and shoot more. And the pace definitely picked up with him. And and, and when De'Aaron's been engaged, especially defensively. They're a different team. And really, this team is only going to go as far as De'Aaron takes them. I don't think it'll happen this season. Sure. But they got to, they need to build him up, build him up as a leader, have him take more control and ownership of the team. So, And he kind of talked about that tonight. He said after one of the offensive fouls that Harry had, and then he fouled a three-point, he told Harry, we can't have that. You can't, you can't take away three points from us and then give them three free throws by fouling a three-point. You know, you know, he said, we can't. And they fouled three-point shooters three times. That's nine you know, yeah, the Bucks had 30 free throws. Nine came on those. That's brutal. <laughs> that, that's brutal. It is. It just is. Yeah, you can't, you know, especially when you're, you know, you're playing the best team with the best record in the league, you're already undermanned. You cannot give them points like that. And the one of the things the Kings have struggled with is kind of the little details like that, fouling three-point shooters. They had, tonight they had fouls where 
the guys clearly by him in the lane. They just reach and grab his arm and let him get to the – he still scores. So they, they do a lot of things like that to where at the end of the game, that's why you're down by 21. Well, I mean, all, all those things add up. Yeah. Like, that, that's just – and, I mean, I've seen – I think back to some of the Jason Kidd Bucks teams. Like they did the same stuff. They mm-hmm. fouled all the time, and then all of a sudden, at the end of the game, even though Giannis was attacking, they'd lose the free throw battle and be mm-hmm. like, "Well, why? Why did we lose it? Well, because you foul all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's how this stuff works." So, right. <laughs> uh, you can you can kind of see that with the Kings that some of that stuff adds up. But I mean, De'Aaron is. I mean, he is tough. Uh, I I will say one thing with the Kings. Everything just gets weird when they play because you're playing at such a fast pace, and they don't really have bigs. Like the the. Chris Middleton was playing point center tonight. Like, yeah. it, there was a stretch there in the fourth quarter once Giannis had mm-hmm. left the game with about six and a half minutes left. And the Bucks were just like, all right, we're going to go super small. And I think it was Middleton, Connaughton, DiVincenzo, Brown, and George Hill. Like, that is a tiny NBA lineup. Yeah. And then I looked over at the Kings and I was like, I guess they've been playing tiny lineups the whole night. Like, that's just kind of how, yeah, they, how yeah. the Kings rolled. Yeah, Harry Giles starts at center, but Harry is not a center. You know, yeah. he, I mean, he looks smaller than both of the Lopez twins. He looked w- smaller than Giannis. Yep. You know, and Deadman's an NBA center, but when they go that small, you really can't use Deadman. Yep. And then, you know, and the Kings want to be versatile, have guys they can go small with, but they can't match up with that. I mean, you, you know, you're talking about going, what, you know, use, you know, Bielitsa as a five, which they've done, but Bielitsa's playing on a bad ankle. Yeah. No, and you could just see the Bucks were feasting on those lineups because they just, the Bucks have, I mean, they are legitimately 13 deep. They mm-hmm. get everyone on this roster, I mean, maybe outside of Thanasis can play. And even Thanasis had a couple buckets in garbage yeah. time tonight. Like, you just go up and down that roster. So I thought that was the other thing I, I found myself thinking about going into the game was how small they play and how quick they play because in my head I was like I've seen some ragged Bucks Kings games before like <laughs> like it, it can get to a spot where they're just running back and forth no one's making any baskets right. there's turnovers on each side and I I brought that up to Bud before the game about the possibility of you know could this get ragged and he was like well I understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I would like to think we have a little bit more discipline than that, mm-hmm. that we're going to stay and get the shots that we want, execute defensively the way that we want. And honestly, like I, I think it, when you look at the end of this game, like that was kind of what it was. Like yeah. The Bucks were, were simply more disciplined. Like It did end up being a really fast-paced game. They did end up getting out and playing and taking a bunch of shots on both sides, but yeah. the Bucks just executed a little bit better. They had a few more turn – or a few – fewer turnovers, and just took care of the ball better, made some more shots, got to the free throw line a little bit more, fouled less. And to me, that that's in the end is what the 21-point difference is. Yeah, kind of the things you expect a team in their position is playing and yep. for a championship to do versus a team that's, you know, nine games under 500. For sure. And especially in a year in the West, after you get past the seventh spot, it's so bad. <laughs> Everyone's kind of just in this big clump of teams trying to <laughs> work things out. So, you, you know, you, 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 you put those two things together, you, you kind of expect the Bucks would be able to do that. I mean, even with the, the way the game went, the Bucks 11 turnovers. The Kings only had 16 turnovers. Yeah. Not a bad number for nope. them. What's what's the vibe here in Sacramento? Like, is there thought that they can get the eight spot? Like, they're four games out, is it? Uh, they were two. Okay. And it kind of goes back and forth depending on the day. Sure. And, you know, like right now, I think right now, actually, Memphis is eight right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the Kings just beat Memphis a week ago. 
So is, <laughs> is there a thought that that would be – I guess how does, like, Luke view it? How does the organization view it? Well, like, are those playoff reps important? Is this, like, a situation where they got to find their identity first? Or kind well, of, they, the way, I mean, they, they would love that. But to them, the big thing is really developing the group for the big picture because they know that they are right now. They're not, a, you know, they're not going to play a playoff team right now. Sure. They don't have the experience. You know, you're, you're re- you really need, for them to be a playoff team, you need De'Aaron and Marvin to be really good. Marvin's played nine games. Yep. De'Aaron, I think, has missed 17 games. That's right. And I know they finished ninth last year. They won 39 games. A lot of people were saying, okay, well, the natural progression is you win about 42, 44, you get in the playoffs. But people forget about that last season. I've talked about it a bunch of times. They were 9-16 and 16 after the break. And teams have kind of figured them out that, hey, they're going to run a lot. But if you just get back, they can't run a set. Yeah. They, can't, they can't score in half court. And that was always their problem in close games. When the game slowed down, they had no answer for anything. They, don't have, they don't have a go-to guy. Yep. They don't have a guy that can say, go out there and get me a bucket. De'Aaron's becoming that guy. But still, De'Aaron's 22 years old. Yeah. So, you know, you're still asking a lot of someone who's in his, you know hasn't played three full seasons. He's missed half of his third season, essentially. You're banking a lot on Marvin, who really hasn't been there all year. So, I mean, they would love that, but they're they're going to prioritize development, which is why when Marvin came back the first time from injury, Marvin ended up starting. Mm -hmm. I mean, to win, you keep Marvin on the bench and you start Bielitsa. Sure. But they're about development. I mean, there's games where the game they lost in December in San Antonio – uh, if you're trying to, if it's all about right now, you take Buddy Hield out for for defense. Yep. They left him in because it's kind of like the idea of you know what he's got to learn, and we can't keep taking him out. Buddy messed up. They gave up a three. They end up losing in overtime. But when you think about the big picture, you got you got to you, you take some of those lumps. Even you know, even if you don't like it, I know the fans get frustrated. They were like, "Well, why is Luke doing this and this?" And it's kind of, it's, it's a tough, you know, it's tough because sometimes you're saying, "Okay, let me take the guy out." Take them out. People are saying, "Okay, why are you doing the young guys like that? Why are you playing old guys?" <laughs> yep, for sure. You know, you leave old guys in. You know, and you win. Yeah, we won, but you know, it's really a no-win proposition for Luke right now. And then the the injuries haven't helped him at all. He really hasn't had the team maybe but two or three games. I mean, Marvin got hurt the first game of the season. That's yeah. I mean, I mean, it's impossible to try to figure out how to prioritize any of those things, win games, do anything. Yeah. Like, that's really tough. And, I mean, I think the one thing to keep in mind, this stuff is never linear. Like, right. it, it, it's never going to go perfectly where you go 33 to 38 to 42 to 50. Like, that's not how this works. Yeah. Like, Every season is its own season. Correct. I mean, I think the NFL people understand that maybe better than the NBA. For sure. Because you see in the NFL, half the teams that make the playoffs don't, don't make it the next year. Sure. But I think in the NBA, because it's been probably a little more consistency, and maybe probably get maybe two teams in and out, maybe yeah. people always assume, okay, well, if we went from here to here. Next year, we'll go know, from there to there. Yeah, and it, it doesn't work that way. Every season is different. I mean, shoot, if the Kings were where they were this time a year ago, they'd be like, they'd be like seventh right now. Yeah. But we're not living in last season. It's this <laughs> season, sure. and they had a lot of good fortune last season. They caught teams off guard. No one expected them to come out playing this, you know, near the top of the league in yeah. pace. You know, you know, Buddy had a career year, and they really didn't have injuries last year. You know, Bogey might have been in sore ankle here or there. I think Marvin missed 20, 20 or 22 games. Those were the only two guys who really missed any time. They were healthy. I mean, De'Aaron had one game he set out for rest. Yep. I think Willie Cauley-Stein missed one game last season for a death in the family. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge to have that health, especially in those years. Um, I think that's about it from tonight. You know, yeah. Bucks win 127-106. Uh, we'll see what happens with Giannis going forward. Uh, I think that's kind of the, the big thing for the Bucks is how healthy is he. Giannis will never say he's ever injured. I mean, you could see him lose his leg, and he'd say he's going to play the next day. Like, he just that, – that's who he is. So we haven't heard anything from Giannis. Giannis didn't speak to the media tonight, but – saying things similarly that this is just normal January wear and tear, but um, I would not be shocked if he, he skips out on the last game uh, in Portland and the Bucks have to go without Giannis in the second game of back-to-back, but we'll see what happens. So, yeah. you good? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, the Kings, yeah, they have a couple of days in between their next game. They play host Orlando, and then after that they get Dallas in here, and the Dallas game is only big because the Kings passed on Luka. Ah, uh, sure. And so, and my only, I'm wondering, does, you know, does Marvin say, I got to get back <laughs> to play? Cause, I mean, because he took some heat from the fans for not playing sure. in Dallas because he, he had been out, he had been clear for contact, he had practiced for a couple of days. He said, my hand doesn't feel right yet. Yeah. And he's kind of saying, you know, I got to feel like I'm 100%. And you, you know how this league works. Are you really ever 100%? Most of the time, no. <laughs> yeah, and so... I think what Lucas said is I, he, he didn't play tonight, but he had said yesterday he expected either if it wasn't tonight by Monday. And if he says maybe with a couple of practices, you know, he'll be good to go Monday. So Marvin's got to get back out there. I mean, this team can't figure out who they are. I mean, Until no, he's there. Yeah, this is his second year. You know, in a year or two, in a couple of years, he's going to want an extension, a big one. And right now he's playing, I think, 71 NBA games. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, so yeah, they just got to get you know try to you know get healthy. Hope that Harrison's whatever happened to him tonight isn't major. Maybe you get Rashawn Holmes back in the next couple of days. You know, and you got to get Bogey's ankle right. They got they got to get guys healthy because they don't really know what they are right now. I laughed when Luke Walton took a question pregame that was about who's healthy and available tonight, and he said healthy and available like like, <laughs> like you got to be both of those things because yeah. there's just probably about nobody on the roster that's actually both of those things for the king yeah right yeah so yeah well unless you're at the end of the bench and you don't play at all <laughs> and there's a reason why you're at the end of the bench yeah that yeah, is so. that is brutal stuff all right yeah, i'm all right. eric name that's jason jones this has been some sort of combination of the throne room and hear the deer and we're yeah, done so, yeah you yeah well yeah pretty much that yeah we're done <laughs> <laughs> all right